Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. around the block ripping up fantasy stock working around the clock look at the view from the top researching rookies a lot no i just be listening to pods yeah one in particular i'm just a messenger let me just pass on the rock browning brunning bruning pronouncing ain't what he's doing what he's doing is not losing but infusing you with new things and there's dennis the bennett yeah the man is a menace yeah building a dynasty some of the finest things promise you you won't regret it Slice a fox, coach it in pop, give him his props. Here is a thought, here is a box, and you cannot compare him at all, so don't even try. Careful with the news, but when you use a take, I take up Tony Fire, I mean dire, because anyone else is a huge mistake. Whoa, fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table, yeah, fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Hey, fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table, fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby, go. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Roundtable Podcast. We got Dennis and Matt here with us on this beautiful Thursday. We are going to be talking about our top rookie wide receivers for the 2021 draft. We're going to continue NFL Mock Draft 3.0. Dennis, how have you been doing this week? You know, I was doing great up until, I don't know, yesterday afternoon. I got my second shot yesterday and the arm hurting kicked in after about three hours, and so my arm is sore. Today I'm tired. My teeth hurt, of all things. So I was like, man, I haven't done math in a long time, but boy, whoo. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how you follow that. I have my uh, second shot next week, so I guess I'll look forward to I've never done that, so I'll just take you. I haven't either. Just made for a good story. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say I get I've heard a lot of people saying that second shot really knocks them out. So so apparently, um I learned this from a coworker because after my first shot, I was uh not doing that great. If you've had COVID, mm-hmm. the first shot is worse. 
Interesting. So if you get super sick after the first shot, that'll tell you that you've had it one of the times. John Lobb, I got my second shot yesterday also. I've been very lucky today. Just a little lethargic. Very nice. It's good to know, John. Yeah. Yeah, it's. I've heard a lot of different people with a lot of different reactions. So it's going to be – I get my first one the week after the draft. So I got to get yeah, the second I, one before I go on vacation. So that's going to be uh, – I, I took a couple hours off today and came home, took a nap before the show. So if yeah, I'm that's, a little groggy, it's either the, the vaccine or the nap I'm not completely woken up from. So Yeah, my wife was kind of knocked out. She had to take the day off after the second one. I planned my second one for right after we finish the show next Thursday, so I have nothing I have to do Friday. Very nice. I'm just yeah. planning a sick day. I was, uh, you know, I was hoping to take a nap when I got home from work today, and then I ended up having to finish purchasing all my stuff for the family vacation in June, and my heart is beating so fast from all the money that I just spent that it's, uh, you know, I don't think I'm going to sleep anytime soon. I'm, I'm, I'm not happy with the amount of money I spent. I just got my first shot an hour ago. Very nice. You feeling all right, Carl? I hope you're doing doing well. Need fan tracks to hurry. Once up. the microchips sink in. Sync up together. Right. I think it just it levels out real quick. It just it just yeah. takes them, that whole thing about them finding each other in your yeah, bloodstream because it's got to like cancel out the one that's in your phone, right? And then it's that way they can just track you purely by by your body. I got you. Yeah, I'm, you know it is what it is. We're all we're all being tracked in some way. It's just right, a, it's a right. strong appeal to our uh, Texas and Florida listeners. <laughs> hey, trust me. There's a lot of people down here who really do think that. I'm not kidding with you either. All right, so let's go ahead and start talking about our top five wide receivers. Oh, here we go. What's this? Search for the anti-microchip bots on the dark web. Uh, I imagine those cost Just make sure you use more than my right trip now. to Disney. I promise you those probably cost more than my trip to Disney costs. We're going to talk about our top five. Maybe you go a little bit deeper as this is a deep wide receiver class. Dennis, I'm going to let you kick it off first. How, how do you guys want to do it? I'll let you guys decide this. You want to give our top five, five to one? You want to go downwards, five, everybody give it. How do you want to do it, Dennis? I'll let you kick it off, give whomever you want to go first, and we'll follow your lead. Well, I kind of – I'm at the point in the season where I'm I'm – doing more tiers than I am actual rankings. Fields is the correct answer there, Carl, just so you know. It's uh, and so like I, I've got Chase Bateman, Devonta Smith, and Jalen Waddle in my first tier. And if I had to rank them, I would probably, I think Chase's is one. So if I had to separate them, I would probably put him in his own tier. But Waddle, Smith, and Bateman, I I think they are close enough together that it just comes down to who do you personally prefer of those three. Um, some days I prefer Bateman. I feel like Bateman is going to be like a, a you know Tyler Boyd plus kind of receiver. You know, maybe not do a ton of. Uh, field stretching, but be very reliable. He's strong on the ball. Uh, I, I do feel like uh, Devonta Smith is gonna. He's gonna be an outlier in terms of physicality, given his size. Uh, he, he's a he's a baller. He he goes up and he fights for the ball pretty well. And, and Jalen Waddle is is you know 
by all accounts, by most accounts anyways, uh, before he got hurt, he was the better of the two between Smith and, and Waddle. So I think those four are kind of at my top. And I'm sort of, that now. then I've got an, another tier behind that. But uh, I'll, I'll let Matt talk about the top of his, uh, his, his rankings here first. Yeah, so I have the same four um, up at the top. I have Chase one, Waddle two, Smith three, Bateman four. I, I feel a little bit, I think Bateman gets hurt a little bit because um, of not getting to play, which is funny because it doesn't seem to have affected Chase. Um, maybe just the difference between how people think of the SEC and Minnesota. Uh, and then I had Rondale Moore uh, at at five, and I get the, the arguments. Um, I was impressed by his pro day. It's kind of a toss-up. There's a lot of guys, it feels like. I'm, I'm with Dennis. There's a lot of guys below that that I've seen in different places that you could kind of rotate around. That's just where I went. Yeah, so my rankings are very similar to yours. It's it's obviously the same top five for me as well. A little bit different order, and some of that I think goes to what Dennis was just saying, and it's kind of what you prefer, right? So for me, I've got Jamar Chase as my one. My two is Devonta Smith, three is Bateman, four is Waddle, and then Ron Moore is five. I, I also do my rankings a, a lot like Dennis and Tears, and I actually have all five of those in my tier one. I, I do believe they all have the ability to be high-end wide receivers, whether it's it's you know low-end wide receiver ones, high-end wide receiver twos, but all have fan, guys that you want on your fantasy teams. Rondale Moore is one that scares me the most, obviously because it's very hard to find wide receivers in the league who have succeeded being 5'7". Uh, but with him, he's just so elusive. He's so dynamic. You can get him the ball. I mean, he can run the ball. Very good receiver as well. He's very shifty, but obviously I can't – I would be lying if I said I wasn't a tad bit worried about the size. It's just because you can't, you don't find many wide receivers that are, I think, what did he weigh in at like 180, 195, seven? I mean, that's like my height and size, and that doesn't inspire much when I look at myself in the. Now, granted, his is probably more muscle than fat, but still, still bigger than Tom Cruise. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't inspire a lot of confidence when I see myself in the mirror and I'm like, oh man, Rondell Moore is the same size as me. This is kind of scary. So, because I'm pretty sure I would die if I got hit by some of the guys that are standing out on a football field. So I, I still like him, though. I think he's going to be really good. He is the one also in my top five that I think is most landing spot dependent. I think all the other four guys could go to almost any team. And I, you're probably looking at, I would think, Chase, Waddle, and probably Smith likelihood of going to possibly bad teams because I think all of them go is somewhere in the top 15, 16. And really, I guess there's only one team up there that had a winning record last year, which was Miami. But I don't love that landing spot for any of them because of Tua because I'm not that sold on Tua. So none of them I think are going to be going to great situations. But I still think they'll be able to produce. Where Rondale, I do think, needs to go to a team that's going to use him the correct way. So since those are our top five and that went a lot quicker than I thought it was going to go, let's talk a little bit about them. Dennis, you are muted, but, uh, Damn it. I, I'm muted. Not anymore. Mm. You're good. You must've muted me. I didn't mute me. Uh, the thing that concerns me with the Rondale more is I, I feel like it isn't so much of these land. He, he's good. He could very well be that real good talent that is a uh, great for NFL football, but not so great for fantasy football. In a perfect world, I would love to see him 
be in a Jamison Crowder type of role because he's that mu- he's so much more dynamic than Jamison Crowder. So if he can if he can uh, get the uh, oh let me turn my volume down then if I'm echoing if Crowder can uh, or uh, more can get that type of production level or target level that Jamison Crowder got. Uh, because he is so much more dynamic, he'll be able to, I think, produce at a much higher level. But he's going to end up being a, uh, you know, I, I think more of an, he's going to be a better NFL a- asset. And that's probably, to me, I guess that's why I don't have him in my tier one is because I feel like he's going to, he's going to have some good games, but for fantasy, but he's going to end up being more of an NFL asset than a fantasy asset. And, you know, we're, we're in it for the fantasy, not the, you know, unless he's drafted to your team, uh, then, then you're happy about the NFL stuff, but. Yeah, I, I can see that. So who did you have? Cause I know you said that those top four are in your, your tier one, who kind of is that, I guess the top of tier two, is there a couple guys that are kind of sitting right yeah, in that range? Yeah, I have uh, Karis Marshall, Amon Ra St. Brown, um, you know, that Moore, Elijah Moore, and uh, Kadarius Tony and, and Rondale all in my second tier. And some of that will be quite influenced by landing spots and, and, and opportunities. I think if I had to push one of them up into tier one, it would probably be Terrace Marshall. Um, but as of right now, I kind of got them separated by enough that they, they belong in a different tier. My concern with Tylen Wallace is fear of injury. You know, he's tore his ACL. His twin brother has tore his ACL three times. And there is some thought that there's some medical predisposition to things like that. Uh, and so that makes me nervous that he comes into the league as an injury risk already. Uh, I think he's a good player. Uh, it'll just come down. He, he feels, though, like a more traditional, going to need a couple years to become fantasy relevant type of wide receiver. But he could end up being, you know, a uh, a very, very strong fantasy asset. Amon Ross St. Brown would probably be uh, him and Terrace Marshall, like I said. They're they're the ones that are pro- probably closest to tier one for me. So, Matt, you've got Devonta Smith and Jalen Waddle flipped in your rankings compared to mine. What is it about Waddle that you have? Now, obviously, we're probably talking like the smallest of details, right? You're you're yeah. you're you're nitpicking here because you're trying to kind of finalize those rankings. But what is it that put Waddle ahead of Devonta Smith? I listened to quite a few people talking about the difference, kind of in their size, uh, looking at the frame of Smith, um, and that's probably why I reversed. I mean, you could talk me into. Any order at one point in time, I think I had Smith over Waddle. And then I also remembered that Waddle's on my um, Debbie squad. So I was like, prayers up. Uh, so no. Uh, but, you know, I think they're both really good. Probably two to four, you know, with them and Bateman. I think about reordering or moving. And that may even happen depending on where they go. I I've strongly, I know we've talked about when we've done the mocks, I think Waddle ends up in Miami and I don't think that's a terrible spot for him. And it's probably good for Tua. Um, 
you know, player who he's played with before, who, who has done well kind of playing, playing together. Um, there, you know, what Smith did in the national championship game was obviously incredibly impressive. Um, I don't know that you can go wrong with either of those two. That's just what I ended up. I took into account a little bit of a more, more slight frame. Um, and, you know, that's, I've, I've seen some of the arguments too. Like we've, like Dennis talked about Rondé Moore and you talked about his size. I know there was a lot of criticism about kind of the routes that he run. He got, he got a lot of his action close to the line of scrimmage. I, I get that if you were thinking about like trying to find a, a Kenny Galladay or a, somebody who's going down, but it seems to me so much of the NFL game now is these short, quick passes and screen passes. I mean, yeah. with, with the way some of the quarterbacks are going with the fact that short passing game seems to have displaced running for a lot of teams. Um, I don't think that's necessarily crippling in the right system. Uh, it just probably to me, he's the kind of receiver, too, that might take a hit on a team that had a pass-catching running back. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm. there's really not much that separates them. For me, I just – there's just something about what Devonta Smith was able to do all year. And I understand, you know, you got, you're going to have the analytics community come out and throw their pitchforks up about him doing it as a senior, which I really don't care about. And his size, which is not great, but – I've seen too many times where he's, if you go and watch, you know, some of his games, too many times where he gets like nailed by linebacker or cornerback coming across the middle, taking, I mean, there's a couple of blind side hits and he gets right back up. The hits are not going to be that much different in the NFL. He's getting hit by grown men on the college level too. He's not throwing me out there trying to knock Devonta Smith over. He's getting hit by NFL style players, especially in some of those SEC games. Uh, I don't think he ever even got tackled in the Ohio State game, so I can't say any of the Buckeyes uh, hit him because, God, that was a horrible game. I don't think any Alabama player got tackled in that game. Hey, 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 Mac Jones got hit once and he fumbled the ball, right? I do remember that. That did happen. But, yeah, I don't think Devon Smith ever got touched. That was uh, Sean Wade didn't tackle him, that's for sure. I mean, Sean Wayne was tackling himself right off the field. That's uh, yeah, I was, uh, I was not happy. Yeah, when you brought that up, it was very impressive. I was like, yeah, I've got a different choice of words for that game there, Matt. But you know what? We'll we'll move on past that. So yeah, there's not much that really separates them. I just, I think for me, I like a little bit more of what Devonta Smith does. I think some of that too is that he's got those long arms and that big frame as well. I like his catch radius. Uh, some of the catches he makes on the sidelines, I'm not 100% sure Waddle can do either, uh, but I'm, I'm interested to see where both of those guys go. I do think for me, even though all five of those guys are in tier one, I think Jamar Chase is kind of the one that stands alone as the for sure guy at the top for me, at least. I know a lot of some people do have Devonta Smith. Some people have Waddle. I know a couple people still have Rondale Moore as one. But for me, Jamar Chase, I, I can't say he's untouchable. There's still a little couple things that I don't love about his game. But outside of that, I think he stands as like the top guy in this group for me. Go ahead. So all five of these guys we have already placed in our mock draft. Yes, so I know. I was going to bring a that up. and talk about how we feel about if they were those landing spots. Yeah, yeah I was going to bring that up because I know Dennis didn't get a chance to. Well, he's seen the sheet, but he didn't get a chance to obviously see it when we did it live. But uh, that's why so, he can't be held accountable for our choices. If um, so, here was the landing spots or the way that they fell in in the mock draft for us, Dennis, and tell us if this changes anything for you. So Jalen Waddle was the first off the board. He did go to Miami at six. 
Then it was Jamar Chase at 12 to Philadelphia. Devonta Smith at 15 to the Patriots. And Bateman at 20 to the Bears. And then Rondell Moore at 21 to the Colts. I don't I like Waddle. Again, I kind of agree with you that the uh you know, does Waddle bring that missing element to the uh to the Dolphins? I think so. I, I think he could provide that dynamic slot receiver with um Devontae Parker and Preston Williams and uh, I forget who all is still down there. Will Fuller. Uh, they signed Fuller. Yeah, Will Fuller. That's the guy I couldn't remember. So they've got uh, have, having Devonte or uh, Jalen Waddle there. I think he does provide that missing element. So that that could be good uh, for him. So it surprises me that he went at six and then uh, Chase didn't go until twelve. But I think Chase in Philadelphia, he could step right in and should be the number one receiver there. Uh, and him and Jalen Rager make a really nice one-two punch. So I, I, I kind of, I like that. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know if uh, Hertz will be able to consistently take advantage of having weapons like that, but you know, you, you give them what, give them the weapons and then, let him do some cooking. Devonta Smith, man, New England is such a mess right now. It, it's so, so hard. Yeah, to, that's one that scared me. Theoretically, you look at it and it's, okay, well, he's a good player. He's going to do good things. He does, he, you know, he, he brings something to the table they don't have. So he's got good speed and he is a baller. Uh I don't know where you know, Cam's arm, his shoulder, you know, is he back? Is is he another year removed from that injury and rehabbing and getting more into the Patriots offense? Is that going to give Cam the ability to be the type of quarterback that Devonta Smith is going to need? Uh, that's probably the biggest question. Um, Bateman to the Bears – I don't know. He's he would be a good compliment to Allen Robinson. Uh, I think Anthony Miller and uh, Darnell Mooney both. You know, it puts them three in, and kind of I think it it feels to me like it makes all three of them non fantasy relevant. At that point, then you're just like, you know what? I want a Rob, and that's the only thing I want from that offense because it'll end up being. One week, Bateman will be the second guy, and another week, Miller will be the second guy, and another week, uh, Mooney's the second guy. And, and so it ends up just being kind of a hot mess for them there. Well, the rumors right now are that Anthony Miller will be traded during the draft, so that might help out some. I, I don't I – don't, if I'm being honest, I hope he doesn't go there. I like Bateman. I think him and Allen Robinson are – Allen Robinson's probably the better player, but I think they're too similar. I'd rather see somebody else go there. And I, I like Mooney. I, I really think Mooney could shine opposite of Allen Robinson. So uh, we'll see. I wouldn't I'd love, love that see, spot. I'd love to see Bateman fall a couple more spots to Tennessee. Yeah, 
I, I wouldn't mind that right across from AJ but Brown. Would, what would Tennessee uh, take a receiver in the first round? I think we debated that a little bit when we were talking about. Yeah. It. Yeah, we they ended seem, up going. They seem right a little news. higher on Josh Reynolds than the rest of us are. Well, yeah, that part's true as well. Yeah, I, I, I just think because of them letting go of all, like I almost it was almost their entire secondary. I think we figured they would go a cornerback in the first round to try and try and grab a guy. Well, there their defense was Newsom. horrific last year, so yeah, I think uh, defense defense wise, they've they've got some big holes. I I fully expect Tennessee's going to take a receiver somewhere. I just don't know if they if that's the kind of Mike Vrabel thing to do to take them in the first round, but that would be definitely an interesting spot. You wouldn't get great volume there either. We've commented before AJ Brown thrives, despite the fact he doesn't exactly get incredible volume. Yeah. And then last but not least there, Rondell Moore to Indy, which I, I talked about Matt knows. I didn't love this spot either because I still have faith in Paris Campbell. And I feel like those two are going to play the exact same role. And as much as I love Paris Campbell, I feel like Rondell Moore would probably beat him as I think Moore's a little bit better, but they both have injury issues. They both, I think, would play the same role. So that, that'd be the last one. What are your thoughts about Moore there to Indy? It feels redundant to what they currently have, but if if they think that Moore can stay healthy versus Paris Campbell, and, and to date Paris Campbell hasn't done anything uh, to lead us to believe he's going to stay healthy all season. So uh, I suppose, you know, it makes sense. Uh, again, that would definitely be, in my eyes, a um, – better for football than fantasy landing spot for sure. I still think that Pittman is going to be the top dog there with T.Y. Hilton getting a good number of looks uh, deeper down the field, Paris Campbell, and then Rondale Moore with manufactured touches. And you got uh, Naheem Hines out of the backfield with Jonathan Taylor pounding it and catching passes. So – if Rondale Moore goes there, it'll just solidify Indianapolis. That's the Tampa Bay of the AFC, just stacking up. You know, they go four deep on running backs. They go five deep on wide receivers. Don't forget, Zach Pascal will find a way to have a couple of uh, wide receiver two games for you there. Yeah. All right, so since that's our top – or me and Matt have the same top five, and then, Dennis, you have Rondell Moore in that group there with the second tier. Matt, who are some of the guys in your second tier that you have? Because I have eight guys in my tier two, just kind of signifying how deep I think this class is. And there's, in all honesty, probably looking at my list here, three or four guys in tier three that I also like as well. And I don't think those guys have like the – wide receiver two upside, but I do think most of the guys in my tier two have that ability. Obviously landing spots going to matter a little bit, staying healthy, but how many guys do you have kind of in that next grouping for you and who are they? Um, I just put mine in as rankings, but my next couple were not that much different from people Dennis talked about. I have Terrace Marshall, Elijah Moore, Amon Ross, St. Brown, Tylen Wallace, Kadaris Tony, and then Dynami Brown. All right, so yeah, it's almost the same names as I have. So right after Bateman, for me, I have 
Tylen Wallace. I really like Tylen Wallace. I'm a I'm a big believer in him. Then Amon Ross St. Brown for me. Elijah Moore. I have Terrace Marshall Jr. next. A um, little bit lower on him just because of the drops. Uh, he's got a lot of upside in his game, but he's got a lot of drops and some injuries in college that worry me a little bit. After that, Sage Surratt, who is probably going to fall a little bit more just based on how bad his pro day was not look as fast as I thought he did on film. Diami Brown, Tamori on Terry, and then I have Kadarius Tony, the last guy in tier two. I'm not as sold on him as other people are. So, Dennis, you and Matt both have him kind of high. What is it that you guys like about Kadarius Tony? I I don't know if I, I I he's like at the tail end of that tier for me. Uh, I I. I'm not buying in. I feel like he's he's produced. He had one good season, uh, but he also had to deal with Kyle Pitts catching a bunch of stuff and Kyle Trask being a, a pretty average quarterback. I don't – I'm still trying to find a reason to have Kadarius Tony be stronger in the tier. Uh, right now, I, I – I feel like he belongs there, but I'm still in the process of justifying him being there. Um, it's it's I'm just not a hundred percent sold. He's he's one of those guys that if it comes down to you know we've we've got what nine wide receivers are off the board and he's the last one left in that tier. Um, you know I'm probably going running back. Yeah, I feel somewhat similar to Dennis. I think what's uh, <laughs> I think what's he, somewhat he played really well at Wake Forest. I'm sorry. I know that the pro day was really bad, but if you go look at what he did with Jamie Newman of all quarterbacks, by the way, let me just throw that out there. Jamie Newman as his quarterback, he was very impressive. I think what throws me a little bit with Tony is uh, you see some of these NFL scouts have him incredibly high. I mean, I've seen people that have him as wide receiver too. ESPN had him listed, which I think is Kuiper at wide receiver three. Um, I don't, you know, I feels like there's big disparity um, with the way people see him. So I feel a little bit like Dennis feels like he has to be there, I don't know that I like him as much. I had him at 11, so I don't think I had him incredibly high. So he's going to be my Hakeem Butler, I guess. I, mean, I don't know what to tell you. I still like him. I'm not, I mean, I've got him in tier two. Like, it's not like I've got him in my top five. Where is he at here? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. I, he's at 12. I mean, that's not love. That's not like, or that's not love. It's like, you know, it's a little bit of like. Like, I'll take you out to dinner, maybe see something happens, but. Butler is better than Sage. I don't disagree with you on there. Butler is why he moved to tight end. I still don't understand. Dude should be a baller as a wide receiver. It's so frustrating. Anyways, uh, yeah, he'll be, okay, he'll be so, a wide receiver one when they reboot the XFL. Hey, right hey I'll still be right. I said he was going to be a wide receiver one someday. I didn't say it wasn't going to. I didn't say he was going to be in the NFL. Exactly. I didn't specify what league. I just said a wide receiver one. So. Yeah, I mean, so I, I guess you guys aren't as, as higher on him than I thought. You guys have him at 12. I have Tony at 13. So it's really not that much of a difference. He's all kind of down there. If he does 
get that round one draft capital that we have heard some analysts talking about. Does that change anything for you? Does that, is that turn into a Henry rug situation for you guys where the NFL sees something different that you do? Like Dennis, you mentioned earlier, you know, we care more about the fantasy side, like rugs. We talked about it when, when we were went over him last year. And even when he got drafted, that seemed like a very good NFL move, not a great fantasy move. If could, if Tony goes in the first round, do you expect that's kind of what it's going to be like? Like, a lot of people are mocking him to the Chiefs. So if that happens, what does that do for you? I, I, th- I think it is very much dependent on where he goes in the first round. Uh, you know, the Chiefs, I mean, I could see him being as good as Sammy Watkins was last year. High praise. <laughs> Hold yourself back there. Hold yourself back. So it's, it, you know, it, it's a situation – the Chiefs, it's Tyreek Hill. That's the wide receiver to own. Anybody else is merely a bye week fill-in. Hope they do something crazy that one week you're forced into playing in. Um, you know, I would probably be more excited if he maybe went to, say, the Colts instead of Rondale Moore because then he gets the – I think then he's looked at as sort of a probably the replacement for T.Y. Hilton, something like that. Uh, you know, Jacksonville would be a good landing spot. I think if he goes, if Pittsburgh's like, you know what, screw it, we're going to take him. Given Pittsburgh's track record and drafting wide receivers, if he if Tony goes to Pittsburgh, I think then you've got to say, well, they clearly have an evaluation process that is better than everybody else's. So that would bump him up. If he goes to New England, I think you bump him down because they clearly have a worse wide receiver evaluation process than everybody else in the league. He goes to Baltimore, you know he's not going to get much volume. So it it just depends on where he goes. Uh, The range of movement I think it would create for him. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I – I hated the Devonta Smith to New England thing because I think he's got so much talent. I, I just I'm so worried New England would ruin him. Uh, I wouldn't hate Tony to Green Bay or the Chargers. My dream spot for Rondale is to go to Green Bay in the second round, if possible. I, I I don't know because of his size if he'll get drafted in the first round, and if he doesn't, Green Bay is one of those teams. I just I think he would he'd fit in perfectly there outside. Uh, on the opposite side, they're in the slot, really. I don't think he'd be opposite of uh, Devontae. I think he'd be Devontae MVS, and then you get Rondell in the slot. It'd be a very, very dangerous uh, wide receiver. I don't know what he could charge you. But PJ also asked about Nico Collins, who I won't lie, I do need to look more at him. He's a guy that he's in my tier three. There's people that I respect who think that he is very good. Um, it's just hard for me to stomach watching anything about that team up north. Like, I, I, a gag reflex comes up every time I see the, that team. So it's very hard for me to watch those players. Uh, but what about you guys? Do you guys have any thoughts on Nico Collins? Uh, PJ believes he should be in tier two. And again, there are a lot of people, including guys that I really respect, NFL and fantasy side, that uh, have been talking a lot about Nico Collins and that he's going underrated. Yeah. You know, Nico's in my tier three. I actually have him highlighted. He's a recent riser for me. So I I do see uh, him potentially outperforming uh, 
his, his NFL status being higher than it was at Michigan with the terrible quarterbacks that he's had to endure up there under meat chicken. So if he ends up landing in a decent spot with a, a with good, you know, if he ends up with early day two draft capital or even any time in day two draft capital at a spot where there's a reasonable path to playing time, I I, I think he'd definitely be a riser and, and push for being in tier two. Uh, you know, I've got guys like Austin Watkins and Amari Rogers. Seth Williams, Trayvon Grimes, those are my tier three guys along with, with Collins. Um, so he's definitely going to be in the mix. I could see me having more Nico Collins on my rosters than Kadarius Tony's. I'm handsome too. <laughs> the triple threat, right? No, double threat. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I can agree with that. I, I'm not as high on Tony as other people. I, I just think he was more of a product of that Florida offense than some people give him credit for. And I, I would not be surprised if Nico Collins outproduced this stuff. I mean, again, we, I think we've all talked about how bad Shea Patterson was the year before. And then last year, Joe Milton, I don't, did he, Nico didn't play last year, right? He opted out. Am I remembering that correctly? He opted out, yeah. Okay, so the last time we saw him on tape, he had Shea Patterson throwing him the ball, which was not great for anybody's stock. So you could have put Devontae Adams, like in prime Devontae Adams on that team, and he still would have struggled. So I, I don't disagree. He would. He's in my tier three as well. He's right below. I have Seth Williams and Anthony Schwartz, who I also really like out of uh, – uh, my goodness, why am I Auburn? Both him and Seth Williams from Auburn, and then it is Nico Collins for me. So he could move up a little bit. You know, I could easily see him jumping Sage Sherrock, Darius Tony, and Tamori and Terry, who are the last three guys there in my tier two. Uh, yes, I think we can. I mean, I love Patterson playing for that team up north. It was great when they played the Buckeyes, but I, I can imagine they were not. Uh, maybe yes, may the Schwartz be with you as well. He's. I think he's really good. Got that track speed. Set set records. Uh, track speed. So here's the deal. The trouble I have with Schwartz, he's a little too reminiscent of Andy Isabella for me, and I I want to buy into Schwartz. I I do. <clears throat> but he just right now to me feels like he does one thing, which is run fast. If he did two things, run fast and catch the ball, it, it feels like I, I, then maybe. But it's I think Schwartz is definitely going to get an opportunity somewhere. But it, it just he's he's probably not going to make it out of my tier four. At least Isabella is still on the Cardinals, uh, unlike Butler. He's on a better team. He's with the Eagles. He's going to see more playing time. Possibly. You think the Eagles are a better team, team than the Cardinals? We have some other so questions for you. Griffin since he got off work. Again, I told you, once I saw that bill of the money I spent, uh, yep, there there was my whole afternoon win. I've been doing all kinds of things to make me happy. So don't bring me down, all right? I need Hakeem Butler to succeed. Matt, you have any thoughts on some of these guys? No, I mean, when John was on last week, he mentioned Rodgers and Collins and Seth Williams. Those are guys that I have in that uh, next next group, and I have actually Terry down there too. Um, but, you know, we'll see where some of these guys end up. At this point in time, you know, what separates some of the, the ones as you get further down the rankings is going to be opportunity um, yeah. and where they end up uh, landing. And I feel like that happened – that happens every year. I know that happened last year after we saw where some of the guys 
dropped. You know, you move him a little bit up and down. So the one thing with Seth here, PJ, is I think you can make a lot of the same arguments for him that we made for Nico Collins. And when you have a guy like Bo Nix throwing you the ball, you got to cut him a little bit of slack because uh, Bo Nix is terrible as well. Uh, I think remember, Seth Williams showed – Remember how high everybody was on Bo Nix as a freshman? He Man. played decent as a freshman, and then we saw the real Bo Nix. The real Bo Nix stood up last year, and it was not good. It was uh, it was very bad. Oh, so I, I, I don't down something. I don't know if you know we're none of us are really high on Seth. We've all got him in our our tier three. So I, I don't want to I don't want to say any of us are sitting here talking about like Seth Williams being like some massive breakout in this class. But I, I do think he's. He has some elements in his game I think could translate to the NFL. So before we move on to the uh, the mock draft here, whether it's a Tier 3 guy, Tier 4, um, who's one guy that you've got in those lower tiers that you are high or that you like, that you think you might end up on with a bunch of – with on your teams a bunch. That didn't make any sense. My goodness. You're going to draft a lot. I'll put it that way. It's a lot easier to say than whatever I was trying to fumble. Uh, you're going to draft a lot and you think has high upside that could end up being like a tier two wide receiver for you based on him landing in a good spot. Well, we we all know that I am a self-confessed uh, team big wide receiver guy. And there's one wide receiver in this class and he ran terrible at his pro day. Uh, but at six foot six and 225 pounds, who just dominated at Colorado State, Warren the Jackson. Next, he's, the next guy to move to a tight end? Maybe. I like, I like he, Warren he, Jackson, I do. He's a big dude. He just he ran, he ran a 4-7. Now, I get, okay, well, Keenan Allen did too and whatnot. I, I think Jackson, he's definitely got to show that he can separate a little bit. Even at 6-6, six, six, he's going to have to – to do that, to be able to become viable. But I, I'll i probably have a substantial number of fourth-round selections, fifth-round selections of Warren Jackson. And then one other guy who is a, you know, he's a, he's, he's a, a, a take-your-shirt-off kind of guy when you see him is Frank Darby out of, was he at Arizona State? He's, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, he, he's he's – very well put together, and he's somebody I can see grabbing late, uh, in in hopes that he develops for a team too. He, he's he's looked good in the uh, uh, pre-draft process. Um, we'll see how it ends up where he lands, but I, I like Darby and Jackson. Go ahead, Matt. I don't really necessarily have one. I. To me, the draft and where they end up affects so much of how I think about when I'm drafting. I haven't even done any rookie mock drafts yet. It's too hard for me to imagine what I want, not knowing where they're going to be. So since Dennis with Warren Jackson, yeah, I've done a few as well. Uh, well who I do that's like because as well. you didn't uh, sign up for a film festival where you had to watch 100 films in, in Iranian, whatever, it's Persian, whatever they speak there. Uh, I, I do like Warren Jackson as as, uh, as well as Dennis there. He's the guy that I think will I'll probably grab late. Uh, a couple of guys that I have grouped right around him that I really like. Uh, Tyler Vaughn out of USC. I think he's a very good player, kind of underrated. He's a guy I could see jumping up there, kind of getting overshadowed, I think, a lot. And, again, uh, the rise of Amon Ross St. Brown last year and Drake London 
who can come out next year and kind of the fall of Keaton Slovis, I think is what hurt him a little bit more because he was really good uh, the year prior. Uh, and then Austin Watkins out of UAB. He's a guy that I really like. Uh, one of my co-hosts on the Debbie Debate, Felix Sharp, he really likes Austin Watkins as well. Watkins is a guy that I think could uh, could surprise people as well. Didn't run great uh, and came in a little bit smaller than we expected. I think he was listed on UAB's website at like 6'3 and was running like a 4'5". So everybody was like, okay, that size, that speed, that's good. And then it turns out he's like 5'9". So he was a little bit overlisted. So not great speed for his size, but I still like uh, his hands and, and, and the way he attacks the <laughs> Also, ball, his so. 4 day time might not have been correct because this, that I swear this offseason. Well, I know. He was one of the how guys much we missed the combine. didn't run a – he was one of the guys who didn't run a four four, so I'll, I'll somewhat believe it because I think he ran like a four five something. Like it wasn't a horrible time, but it wasn't great either. Because when they timed him, he ran a five four, and they were like, "We need to shave it down." But what's believable? That yeah. maybe, maybe you know, it's all right. That speed's so overrated, who, anyways. Who's a guy that you you don't think you'll have any of that may be a little higher regarded? Or somebody you look at and you're like, I'm not touching that guy with a ten foot pole. Marshall. I've got a couple probably guys. Marshall. Probably Marshall for me out of those top guys. Like those top five for me. I'm even the later guys. Who are some of the uh, a late, who's a later guy down there in the you know the Warren Jackson territory? Whoever goes to Baltimore. Yeah, definitely. Um, Daz Newsome. He's a guy I know some people like. I'm not that big on. I like Tutu because of the speed, but he's really small too, and I don't think he's as good as Rondell. I think he actually came in at like five six. Am I remembering that correctly? Do you know, so that's my ten year old is bigger than Tutu Atwell. So that scares me. That yeah, scares me a little bit. Like, I'm not. I, I shit you not. I am not kidding. My ten year old is five foot five and one hundred and seventy five pounds. Yeah, so, so I'm not. I'm not happy with that. So. Probably I mean, two, he doesn't two have as two well. speed. He doesn't have two um, two speed you know, by any stretch of the imagination. But again, he is ten. Eskridge yeah, is a I, good I one. See. That's a guy that we none of us have talked about. And I it's I actually do have him. I, I skipped right over him. He's in my tier two. He's like right there in my title wall. So I skipped right over him. Uh but I noticed neither one of you two mentioned him. Do you guys like Eskridge? Are you worried about the size as well? Because we all have Rondell Moore fairly high, and he's just I think a little bit smaller, actually, than Eskridge. If I'm, I'm gonna look yeah, this up. I think Rondell has a little better pedigree than Eskridge. Yeah, for sure. I, I think Eskridge is probably tier three for me. Uh, I don't have him up there right at this second. Uh, he's somebody I gotta do a little deeper in, but you know, he he could he could draft capitalize himself right into a solid tier three for me. Maybe push for tier two if he goes to somewhere that has opportunity. Um, you know, another guy that I'm not going to have anything to do with, I don't think is Demetric Felton. I know. Hey, uh, oops, that was my bad. I shouldn't have mute myself. <laughs> uh, Felton played some running back at UCLA and everybody's like, yeah. Oh, he's going to be there. I was not happy with your last take. So you got no, I was, I was that. actually going to say, I agree with you. I, I don't want nothing to do with Felton either. That's why I was trying I, to unmute myself and I clicked the wrong button. You know what surprised me was, uh, you know, uh, Kent Lee Platt at Math Bomb on Twitter, who for years now has been putting out his relative athletic score. Yeah. Felton had like an 091. It was just, it was like, it, it was, it was bad. It, it was yeah, no, not yeah. athletic. Yeah. 
gave Jamar Jefferson a really bad grade too. Kind of yeah. kind of ruined my day when I saw that. I'm like, you asshole. I mean, it's not your fault, but you're still an asshole for putting that out there. Yeah. Um, for what it's worth, I just either. looked and ESPN says Tutu Atwell is the eighth best wide receiver available. And Schwartz is the 10th best wide receiver available. You know, I wouldn't expect anything less. Um, so, yeah, I mean, yeah. outside of keep those... fighting the power of big fantasy, got to keep fighting the power uh, of big Ross fantasy. Brown is wide receiver 21 for them. Oh, Jesus. Uh, so, I mean, okay, so I, those were the kind of the couple guys for me. Uh, Matt, what about you? Dennis gave a couple of his guys. Who's some of maybe the top guys and middle guys that you're you're avoiding, I guess is the best way to put it. Um, I was serious about probably whoever goes to Baltimore. Um, oh, yeah, I think we all get over, And whoever goes to Kansas City because I think they're going to be Unless, drafted. Let me, let me throw a curveball at you. What if Jamar Chase goes to Baltimore? Uh, I mean, somebody's got to throw him the ball, right? Who is that going to be? But they're in all back. honesty, uh, I've been appraising my fantasy teams. Um, as you know, I make myself a spreadsheet every year and look at my rosters. And apparently, I haven't drafted a running back since the early aughts. Um, so I've spent most of my time studying um, as many dart throw running backs as I can can peel off because there are a couple of teams where Le'Veon Bell is still my best running back. And that's not a great sign for the upcoming season. Uh, there's some really, really sad, like if you ask me RB2, I'd feel like General Pickett telling General Lee, I have no RB2. <laughs> so honestly, I'm probably not going to end up with very many of any of these wide receivers, which is so, sort of starting to bum me out. Um, because if I don't get some running backs, I might as well not play. You need to switch yeah. over to those yeah. one running back leagues like I play in. I need to switch over to the all flex option leagues. Then I'd right. be fine because apparently all I do is draft. Last year when I had all those high picks, I told myself I was going to get myself some running backs. Uh, but instead, I have about 14 shares of CD Lamb. I mean, I get it. Uh, so I, 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 I might end up it. with 14 shares of Jamar Chase on the Eagles again this year. <laughs> you never know the heart wants what the heart wants. All right, so do you yeah, guys want anyone to see this go to Detroit? I, I think it depends on who it is and when. Somebody, you know, if Detroit goes wide receiver early, that's going to be a player that's going to get volume. And, you know, in fantasy, we need to go for volume o- over over anything. That's that's wow. what wins leagues. And so if Devonta Smith or, you know, somebody like that, Jalen Waddle and ends up in uh, uh, Detroit, you know, they're going to be, I, I get that what they signed who Tyrell Williams and some yeah. Rashad Perriman. So uh, we still yeah. have our boy Quintez Cephas. And Quintez. Quintez as well. So, so, well, so I, I think, we can, yeah. We can kind of answer that question because we're going to do the mock draft and Detroit's not too far off the clock. So let's see what wide receiver we can get to fall to them. So I will recap this very quickly uh, because we've got to go through like 26 picks. So I'm just going to read the order. I'm not going to read like yeah. – Trevor Lawrence at one, Zach Wilson went two. We did have Mac Jones going three, Justin Fields four, Kyle Pitts five, Jalen Waddle six. I mean, I don't disagree with you, but, you know, we're just going based on the tea leaves. Draft night's going to be a lot of fun. I also don't want to upset you, but I feel bad about the Mac Jones pick. 
Yeah, yeah it's not gonna happen. It's, it's gonna be it's gonna be Justin Fields. It's gonna be Justin. It's gonna be Justin Fields. We we said we thought it'd be Justin Fields, but you know everybody keeps saying whatever. You know Mac Jones, whatever. I think. Did you see the pictures of Shanahan and, and Justin Fields at the pro day Wednesday? They were practically. I did. It, it looked like he was walking out to the mound to change pictures. Is what it looked like. I watched a lot of baseball. That was probably my favorite comment that I saw on there. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I look. I've been saying from the beginning I thought that's who they traded up for, so I'm with you. I don't think that Mac Jones is the pick at all, but it is what it is. Anyways, Jalen Waddle 6, Trey Lance we did have going to the Lions there at 7, uh, Sewell going at 8, Micah Parsons at 9, Jace Horn, J.C. Horn at – is it Jace Horn? I'm sorry, Jace Horn at 10 to the Cowboys. Quinn Page Horn. at 11 to the Giants. Is it J.C. Horn? I thought it was it, – it is, isn't it? It's J.C. Horn. Son of a gun. Jamar Chase at 12 to the Eagles. Rashawn Slater at 13 to the Chargers. Patrick Sertain at 14 to the Vikings. Devonta Smith at 15 to the Patriots. Caleb Fairley to the Cardinals at 16. Christian Darisaw to the Raiders at 17. Aziz Ojalari, the edge rusher at, uh, to Miami at 18. Tevin Jenkins at 19 to the uh, Washington football team. Rashad Bateman to the Bears at 20. Rondell Moore to the Colts at 21. Greg Newsom to the Titans at 22. Uh, Vera Tucker, I'm not I'm even going to try to pronounce his first name. The Jets at 23. Elijah, okay. Asante Samuel to the Steelers at 24. Trevin Morig to the Jags at 25. And then Jeremiah Owusu Karamoa to the Browns at 26, yeah. which puts at the Baltimore Ravens at the 27th pick. Matt, who do you have going here for the Ravens? Terrace Marshall. Terrace Marshall. All right. Uh, I don't disagree with that, PJ, but we are doing no trades. So we just kind of went. But I would not be surprised if Washington moves up if Lance starts to fall. So you are putting Terrace Marshall here in at Baltimore, who it shows that their biggest needs are edge rusher, wide receiver, and safety. You have them attacking that wide receiver. They're in the first round with Terrace Marshall, which puts the Saints up on the clock at 28. Wide receiver, cornerback, and edge rusher as well for them. Dennis, who do you think that the uh, Saints take here? Well, we have Zayvon Collins on the list here. I do think that uh, that is probably a position that they're going to want to take a look at. So uh, I I like Collins going to New Orleans like Matt has in there. All right. Uh, He would be the other linebacker I would love the Browns to take if Owusu is off the clock. That puts the Green Bay Packers up who need a tackle, wide receiver, and a cornerback. So looking at the list here, I don't love any of the offensive tackles on the line. This would be a massive reach if I took one here. I want to give them a wide receiver, but shit, they seem to like not want to draft wide receivers before the fifth round every single year. But I do think that they finally do it. And I am going to give them Elijah Moore since Rondell Moore is off the board. Uh, We'll give them Elijah Moore, that speed threat on the outside with Devonta Adams and MVS as Moore does figure to be more of a slot player in the NFL. So Matt, that puts you back up with the Buffalo Bills. Pick 30, edge rusher, cornerback, and wide receiver are their biggest needs. Probably needs to be updated. I don't think they really need a wide receiver and running back as well. Where do you have the Buffalo Bills going? I just don't think they take a running back in the first round. And I'm with you. If they draft a wide receiver, 
I'm going to be like Sheldon throwing my papers, going on a walk. Because now they signed Sanders. They still had three guys. I gave them Jalen Phillips, the defensive end. All right. Out of Miami, right? Yeah, Miami. Out of Miami. All right, so the Chiefs at 31. Offensive tackle, wide receiver, and linebacker here shows as their biggest needs. Dennis, what do you expect them to do? I – I expect them to go tackle. I, I think they they you know they let both tackles walk. They did bring back uh, I think Matthews, uh, their their right tackle. Um, or wait, he was left tackle. Uh, I think. Anyways, they need to go tackle, and the top tackles on the board still are Jalen Mayfield uh, and Samuel Cosme. Um, I. I'd have to look a little deeper at who is there enough play style difference between the two. Uh, Matt has Mayfield slotted in here, and I'm going to go ahead and stick with Mayfield over Cosme. Uh, I think that's they need to they need to keep uh, Mahomes healthy, and I I loved the story going into the Super Bowl last year where all of their starting offensive line had been cut were late round picks undrafted free agents and the team had just been coaching the hell out of them and that's all fine and dandy except what it showed is uh when push come to shove uh they just didn't have enough depth and so at some point you have to say you know well yeah we do a great job coaching up uh late round draft picks and in, into startable nfl linemen how good could we be with a first-round pedigreed offensive lineman? You know, and so let's let's grab one, like grab Mayfield out of Michigan, and and slot him in on the left side there. All right, so that puts Tampa Bay up to finish out the first round. Um, edge rusher, interior defensive line, and still running back for some reason showing up on this sheet. Although I don't wide, like wide receiver. Well, that's probably because. Yeah, probably because uh, I think I had this on here before they signed Giovanni Bernard, so that would take that away. Oh, don't don't doubt Tampa Bay. Well, that is true. Um, as much as I know, a lot of people are predicting them to take a wide receiver here. I think that they go defensive line. I mean, they've got Scotty Miller. Tyler Johnson showed really good in the playoffs, in my opinion. I don't know why. Having Chris Godwin, having Mike Evans, and then Miller and Tyler Johnson, why you would waste your first-round pick on a wide receiver with as deep as this class is. So I'm going to go Christian Barrymore out of Alabama, uh, the interior defensive lineman, to help out on that defense, which now puts us back up with the second round with the Jacksonville Jaguars, who did take Trevor Lawrence with their first pick, eliminating that quarterback need. They now need offensive tackle, wide receiver, and running back help, as we also had them taking uh, Trevin Morig, the safety, out of TCU earlier as well. So offensive tackle, wide receiver seem to be their biggest needs, running back, cornerback there as well. Matt, what do you have the Jags doing? Yeah, I had them taking a tackle. Um I went with Liam Eichenberg out of Notre Dame. All right. So that puts Dennis up here with the Jets. They We had him taking the interior offensive lineman, uh, Elijah Vera Tucker out of USC, and then obviously Zach Wilson there at two, which puts Ed Rusher, cornerback, and wide receiver as their biggest needs. What do you think the Jets do here with their second pick 
or I'm sorry, their first pick in the second round, third pick overall in this draft. You know, I'm I'm still trying to get a read on what I think Sala is going to do. You know, they're going to run the San Francisco Shanahan style offense, um, and take I, I, but I don't like that offense necessarily with Zach Wilson. Um, I I'm not a big Wilson fan. Uh, I think signing Corey Davis, you've got Denzel Mims, Jamison Crowder, taking a wide receiver there, uh, that might make some sense. But I think ultimately they go, you know, we've got ETN is my RB3. And so, you know, I'm sitting here and I'm deciding, do I, would I do what, what I would do? or what I think Joe Douglas will do. And honestly, if I do what Joe Douglas, what I think Joe Douglas would do, uh, Douglas would, you know, he may take Samuel Cosme and slot him in on the right side and bookend him with Mekhi Becton. You got Vera Tucker there. Now you're building this great offensive line for this brand new young quarterback. And then later in the draft, you can work on the defense. But I think conventional wisdom has them taking a a running back here, um, and from it, it looks like ETN is probably the best fit for that type of one cut offense. Even though he isn't probably in in my eyes the best running back in this class, uh, I think, uh, boy. It's tough, man, because I, I don't think ETN is the, the running back that I, I, I I'm take. with you. I'm so with you. I'm I taking Najee Harris. Too, guys. Interesting. I'm taking okay. Najee Harris. I, I think put Harris there. Now you've got a solid three down back uh, that's going to be able to uh, hammer it. If that is the spot, how do we feel about that for fantasy? Because I was sort of leery of whatever running back. I was hoping one of the top three doesn't fall there. Very sad. As someone who's traded a couple shares of stuff to get up to the 1-1 to take Najee this year because I believe in him, it would hurt. I'm not going to lie. I would not be happy to see that happen. Would you still take him at the 101? Yes, uh, depending on where Javante went. If Javante ends up going to Atlanta or Pittsburgh, might lean Javante. I don't believe in ETN either. I, I think he's closer to those tier two guys than he is. And again, there's a lot of people who disagree with me, and that's fine. I just I don't I I hate. I think his vision is horrible. I I, I like Najee well, and Javante a whole lot more. So I think it, if you bring in a rookie quarterback, yeah, that has a tendency sometimes to be a little squirrely. Um, he hasn't played the greatest competition, but he has great arm talent, and you want him to develop. You, you do one of two things. You either set him on the bench and let him learn and adjust that way, or you surround him with uh, quality NFL talent all across the board so that he doesn't have to try to do too much. Well, when you've got Mackay Becton and Elijah Vera Tucker, and by all intents and purposes, a fairly decent offensive line, a reasonable core of wide receivers could definitely stand to be upgraded. Uh, 
But running back is definitely weaker than than uh, the wide receiver core. You had somebody like Najee Harris who's got great feet, great power, can carry the ball 25 times a game, catch the ball out of the backfield, comes from a pro-style offense. So I don't think there's going to be a ton of concern about whether or not Harris can pick up the blitz. I, I think adding a, a weapon like that to your – hotshot rookie quarterback's arsenal, I think it makes perfect sense. Well, we definitely all three had Harris as our running back one, so it would make sense yeah. that he would be the first running back off the board. I think the hesitation is not being it's in love more with the Jets. Of, I, don't dis- I don't disagree with what you're saying and what the Jets would do with him. What worries me is, and I, I don't want to say this, it's going to sound like a bad thing. I think he's a better player than this player I'm about to comp him to. Zach Wilson reminds me a whole lot of Johnny Manziel, and that's what scares me, and that he just bails from the pocket a lot, especially clean pockets, which worries me. I, I don't think that that means he, that may steal some stuff away from ETN. I'm, ETN, I'm sorry, Harris. And the fact that you've got Mike LaFleur there as well, who does come from that Kyle Shanahan tree, and we see it with, with Matt LaFleur there in Green Bay, who doesn't really want to commit to one running back. And, I would love if Harris went to an Atlanta or a Pittsburgh where I think they would completely build into you're going to be our guy. We're going to build around you as a running back where Harris might split carries with uh, who did they bring in this offseason? Tevin Coleman and LaMichael P. Ryan. Ryan. Hey, you know, like you'll still be the head of the committee, but you may get like 40% compared to this guy's 30 and this guy's 10. And I just, I don't want that. I want Najee to get like 70% because I think he's that good. And so that's why I'd love for him to go to Atlanta, but you know, it is what it is. I'd still, you know, it, we'll see what happens. You know, if it goes, I'll cry a little bit and then maybe I'll change my mind after the fact. But I, I mean, I still Speaking think Najee is extremely talented. Yes. That puts you on that clock with Atlanta. No, it's you on the clock. Is it me? Oh, okay. So tight end, edge rusher, and offensive tackle is what I have here. So well, they just cut uh, Edo Smith today, too. So hmm. uh, well, they, they got, got the Wonderkin Mike Davis. Exactly. He's about to revive his career. I mean, I have Rodney back up there. I don't know if they go. I honestly think if Najee's there, they might go Najee. I don't think they take Travis Etienne. I don't think he's a fit for that system at all. How <laughs> about Williams? Yeah. But then you got a Jason out of Penn State right there for that defense. I'll take what you – but Arthur Smith is their coordinator, a guy who uh, seems to have an affinity for running the ball. Uh, what sure. is he – uh, right I'll now it's Kadri Allison and Mike Davis. Javante there, but I, I don't feel great about that. If I were them, I'd go Jason Awu out of Penn State, the edge rusher. But uh, well, I'll go Javante. take Jason. Uh, no, too late. I already, clicked, I already put in already put in Javante. Javante to the Falcons. So that puts you then up, Matt, with the Miami Dolphins who need a tight end, running back, and linebacker. I feel like this pick makes a whole lot of sense to just go Travis Etienne, but what would you do? Yeah, that's what I'm going to do is Travis because I think they take a running back, but that would be a nightmare for for Miles Gaskin because I think they're comparable players. Yeah, Yeah. I agree. And, I mean, that would be kind of – Interesting to see too the top well, three running backs literally go off the board back to back so to back there in the second round. If that ends up being the case, I think Harris still stays as the best. 
Although Javante Williamson and I would be tempted. They would be close. Because I don't think uh, – so I had Dave Richard of CBS Sports on with us yesterday, and he was hoping that Najee would go to Atlanta because he is not a believer in Mike Davis like at all. He thinks he's going to be absolutely nothing, regardless well, Mike, of if it's Najee. Mike Davis will be Washington. fine, but you're talking about a guy that took over for Christian McCaffrey, got that similar workload, and still only mustered 646 yeah. rushing yards. And I mean, he's fine, but he's not exactly. All right, so I mean, they signed fine. Davis to back up money. It's not, you know, they, yeah. they're not expecting Well, they also Davis don't have any money, so right. I don't know if they could have signed Davis. <laughs> Let's uh let's knock out these last couple picks because I'm getting like a massive storm at my house and is messing with my connection. You guys keep freezing on me, so I don't want to I don't want to just like lose connection like I did last night on the Debbie debate. Just like disappear and not know what's going on. So um, that puts the, who's up? Is it Dennis? 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 You are up with Eagles. the Eagles, tight end, cornerback, and safety. Um, I, I feel like you got to go cornerback here. Except for I can't I don't understand why offensive line is not listed as a need for the Eagles. Um, um because they they've got all those guys coming back from injury, yeah. so I all think all their that guys are gonna are, magically heal. Yeah, they, they're gonna magically well, they heal, heal and like, be a, a year older and you never know. Uh, Keenan Allen was injury prone until you know he wasn't. You never know. No, he you wasn't. Never know. Those are freak injuries. That doesn't make you injury prone. Well, um I don't disagree with you, but I feel like the Zach Ertz is going to get moved. I, I, I'm pretty comfortable with that happening. Uh, it just comes down to them accepting they're not going to get a day one or day two pick for Zach Ertz. They're going to have to accept a day three pick uh, if they want to move him, um, which will free Goddard up. That offense, you know, it's Nick Sirianni now. It's not Peterson. So are they going to be so too tight end heavy? Um, so you know maybe maybe they don't bring in an, a, one of the other two high end rookie tight ends since they've got Dallas Goddard. They go straight with Goddard and you know backup quality tight ends as backups. Um, I think they probably look at going somewhere on the defensive side of the ball. If they go defensive line, I think you got like Carlos Basham is still out there. Greg Rousseau, did he go earlier? He's still on the board. I'm not super high on Rousseau myself. Um, You know, on one hand, taking somebody like Landon Dickerson is for an offensive center, man. Dickerson and the the dude – out of Oklahoma, uh, I forget his name. Those two centers, man, they're 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 pretty pretty quality. I know they still have Kelsey, but he's probably got a year, maybe two at the most left. Uh, anyways, about- Creed Hum is it Creed right? Creed Humphrey, yeah. Um, I'm going to go ahead and uh, let's take uh, Jamin Davis, linebacker. Give give them some speed on that defense. All right, out of Kentucky. So that puts me upright for Cincinnati. Yeah, I would say you do the next two and then. We'll... Okay, so that you can have the Broncos and. Okay, and Dennis can do Detroit. 
All right, so that puts Cincinnati up. We took uh, Kyle Pitts because we feel like Cincinnati just makes bad decisions earlier, although they did need technically a tight end. So wide receiver, offensive tackle here are their next up. Uh, the best wide receiver on the board is Kadarius Tony, who a lot of people expect to go before this. So I will put him up here for the Bengals, uh, give them that speed threat there. And then for the Panthers, cornerback, tight end, quarterback. I don't think they really need quarterback anymore, obviously. So linebacker probably is the next in there uh, with them getting Darnold. Eric Stokes out of Georgia is still here, who I do like at quarter cornerback. I don't think that they go they would go with Fryer Muth or Brevin Jordan here. So improve that defense a little bit more. I will give them Eric Stokes, the cornerback out of Georgia, which then puts the Denver Broncos on the clock there for you, Matt. Again, cornerback, offensive tackle, and quarterback. They addressed yeah. that linebacker need earlier in the draft with Micah Parsons. So who are you taking for the Broncos? I'm breaking Dennis's heart, but I'm taking Samuel Cosme because I had him potentially going. I figured Cincinnati would have to at some point take a lineman, but if they don't, then I think Denver uh, makes a move and takes Samuel Cosme. All right. Yeah. You know, uh, just speaking on the Cincinnati thing, I actually heard they had their uh, beat. No, one of their uh, the guys who does the color analyst for the Bengals on Sirius XM the other day. And he was talking about how the Cincinnati front office believes they have a very good offensive line. So that's why I believe Apparently they didn't watch any of their games. I uh, know. That's why I was like, oh, well, maybe Matt was right. And they really are going to take Kyle Pitts at five because they, they, they really did sign Riley Reeve. All right, so Dennis, that puts you on the clock for your Detroit Lions. They'll be the last pick that we make today. Cornerback, wide receiver, offensive tackle, since they did address their quarterback need, taking Trey Lance there at pick seven. Who do you have the Lions taking here in the second round? Well, I haven't taken Samuel Cosme, but Matt stole him from me. <laughs> um, I, I'd like to – you know, I, I think that either Creed Humphrey or uh, Landon Dickerson – would be good picks, but the Lions have Ragnow at center, and, and he's he's pretty good. So it, you know, that means I got to pivot. Let's see, they took Trey Lance in the first round. Yeah. You know, you want to give them some sort of weapons, or you, we need to take a look at the defensive side of the ball with Dickerson being gone or uh, Davis just getting taken. Old Jalari's gone. I think let's go with Nick Bolton. All right. Out of Missouri. I like it. Linebacker. All right. So that will do it for us today. We've got a little bit more to go, and we will be done with the second round, which is what we wanted to get done before the NFL draft. We will be back on Monday, Matt and myself, recapping the pre-ultimate pre pre uh, what was what I'm looking for? Penultimate, penultimate. That's the word I was looking for. Penultimate. Don't don't shake your head at me, man. I was working on it. I'm tired. I'm frustrated. I spent a lot of money today. My, I'm, I'm gonna have a heart attack here soon. The penultimate episode for Falcon and the Winter Soldier with just two episodes left, and we will continue the mock draft. Maybe talk a little more rookie wide receivers. I don't know. We don't really have a plan set yet outside of Falcon and Winter Soldier. So we'll be back on Monday. Everybody enjoy your weekends and get ready as the NFL draft is two weeks away from today. Prepare for glory! I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. Do you got your popcorn ready? I came out the wrong line already. And he's in the end zone!